In last week's episode, I talked about setting reading goals for 2024, and I made the point that it is critical that you read, not just to say you have read, but that you're reading on topics that interest you and are fascinating to you. And if you find sort of a disconnection to the material, that you set the books down and move on to something better. Well, the questions I've been getting are, how do I know if something is interesting to me and what should I really be studying this year? And what I want to do is walk you through a series of exercises today that will help you focus on the topics that matter most to you, finding the mentors that can teach you the very best of the information you can get out there, and helping you stay focused on reading itself. All right, let's get into it. Welcome to this week's episode of the Read Well Podcast. My name is Eddie Hood, and I'm your host where I believe it's more important to read well than to be well-read. So grab your favorite book, open up your notes, and let's get ready to learn something fascinating. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. I'm very excited for this episode today because I feel like reading goals are a critical part of our community, but I also think that setting them correctly makes all the difference in the world. And if you're interested in how to set reading goals, I would suggest watching last week's episode where I talk about the importance of reading systems over reading goals. Because the quote that I shared was this, it comes from James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, the idea being that you do not rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems. And like I mentioned, one of the systems I talked about was that it's critical that you follow books that are interesting to you, that fascinate you. And so what I'm going to do is walk you through a series of exercises today to help you figure out what is important to you and why, so that you're reading the right books this year. And that's an important topic, right? I mean, the books that are right for me aren't necessarily right for you. And I think that's why making book recommendations are hard, whether you're talking about fiction or nonfiction. I can't really make a recommendation to you because I don't know what you're seeking for in life. I don't know what you value. I don't know who you are. And so hopefully this group of exercises will help you discover yourself and help you pick books that will improve yourself. We're going to start today by giving you a framework or a sentence to fill in, kind of like the Mad Libs when we were kids. If you ever played Mad Libs, you'd have a, you know, a sentence with a blank in it and your job's to fill in the blank. Well, this will help you sort of set the appropriate goal this year for your reading and help you stay more connected to the books that you read. This is the sentence. My goal this year is to learn about blank so that I can blank. It's a very simple sentence, but what we're trying to do, or rather what I'm trying to do, is help you hone down all of your interests into a specific topic this year that you want to become an expert at. Something that will propel your life forward make you better, help you achieve your goals, whatever it is. Let's get very specific on a topic today, and then let's attach a why statement to it so that you are motivated on your down days to want to continue to read no matter what. And that's the joy of goal setting, right? Is there are days when you're excited about life and you wanna go out and crush it, and there are other days when you simply don't. And reading about your topic of interest and learning more about it is going to be easier on some days than others. And so if you fill out the sentence with me, and I'm going to share with you my own personal statement for 2024, hopefully it will help you get connected. So in my own personal life, I have taken on a lot this year. You know, I I own my own accounting firm. I've, I've run that company for 15 years. And over the past year, I have spent most of my time 
learning how to write code so that I can build Highlightish, which is a tool I used for making book notes. I've had to spend a lot of energy learning how to record YouTube videos and get them edited, how to make podcasts, how to build a community online. It has been a massive lift to get to this point, so I'm very excited that we're here. But also, uh, it has definitely taken a toll on my mental health. Now that might sound negative, it's not. I'm actually very uplifted and very bolstered by the fact that this community is growing. What I'm trying to say is that each week as I prepare these podcast shows, as I record the YouTube videos, and as I write my essays online, all to promote the Readwell community, that constant level of creation can often feel very daunting and draining. To constantly create is a draining process. And so I have realized that for 2024, the topic of interest to me most is my brain health. Now, I'm trying to get as specific as possible here because health is not enough. There are many kinds of health. You know, if I were to say next year, I wanna be healthier. Well, <laughs> what does that mean? Do you wanna get more muscular? Do you wanna lose some fat? Do you wanna work on mental health? Do you want to work on relationship health? Like what, what are you talking about here? So it's very, very important that as you consider your own topic, that you try to not be broad here, try to not be general, really get focused in on the thing that matters most to you in your own personal life. The second half of the statement is so that I can blank. Now, for me, it's one thing to want to feel like I'm getting the most out of my brain health, but there needs to be a bigger why because if I don't have a bigger goal, something that I'm really you know, interested in, attracted to, then studying about brain health and eating properly and you know, getting enough sleep, all of that will become less and less important throughout the year if I don't have a bigger why. This relates to Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why. He's a, a business author. He talks a lot about business cultures and why most businesses are somewhat miserable to work for. That's because most employees, their own personal whys, don't really line up with the company's why statement. And so, you know, a lot of businesses think that if they just buy a ping pong table and put it out in the foyer, that's gonna make employees wanna stick around forever and, and uh, work there, but that's not the case. I like ping pong, but I'm not gonna work for a company that I can't stand, even if they have a ping pong table. The same idea applies here. You're not gonna stick with your goal of reading or learning a specific topic in depth if all you do is put a fancy ping pong table out there. You need to have a bigger why that keeps you moving forward when the days get tough, and they will get tough. For me, my why is to stay focused and build a Readwell podcast to 10,000 followers. Now, I know that uh, tracking follower count is not probably the most beneficial goal, but I like it for a couple of reasons. One, it's easy to measure, right? I can actively measure how many people are following the YouTube channel or the podcast. And that I'm not going to lie, my ego is bolstered there and it motivates me to wake up each morning and continue to create this content. But two, and the bigger reason why is my own personal mission. I, I want to see more people, adults especially, reading books in the current age to get away from our cell phones for a moment and to pick up a journal and a book and to spend time with thoughts that matter to us. So that's exciting for me. And if I can see that community expand, that is a big, big why for me. So let me read out my entire goal statement for 2024, and then you can compare it to your own. And if you can, 
take a moment to, you know, hit pause, uh, put on some music, write out your own goal statement, and really try to get as specific as possible so that you can be excited about the coming year's reading activity. I wrote, my goal this year is to learn about brain health so that I can stay focused and build the Read Well podcast to 10,000 followers. That's something I can connect to. It's simple, it's easy to understand, it's personalized for me, my own situation, and it's, it's really driving towards something I care about, something that I'm passionate about. This doesn't mean that the only books I'll be reading in 2024 are related to brain health. No, not at all. But what it does mean is that I have a focus and a purpose for when I read because I am reading to improve. And I think that's one of the things we often miss about books. If you think about it, and this is going to lead us into our next segment of the show, a book is really a compact version of a author's lifetime research and experience. I don't know that we fully appreciate what that actually means at times. When you walk into a bookstore or a library, you know that tingling you get in your skin when you, you know, you get all excited to be there? One, because the fiction is going to be amazing and it's going to take you to other worlds. But two, the nonfiction is like walking through aisles where the brightest and the best people have taken their lives and put them into a perfectly compact and distilled 300 plus page version of their lives and made it easy to digest for just $20 as an investment. <laughs> it's a really, really powerful tool, a book. I love it. Hey everyone, I want to take just a quick second in the middle of this podcast to tell you about Highlightish.com. Think of highlighting a book, but add I-S-H at the end. Highlightish.com is the tool that I use to make better book notes and to organize my writing. It's where I go to capture my favorite passages, annotate them, and then to turn that research into essays, blog posts, or research papers. If you're someone that wants to get more out of the books that you love and you want to turn that into great output, go to Highlightish.com today. Thanks for listening and let's get back to the show. One of my favorite books is by Robert Greene and it's called Mastery. And it really is on the topic of mastering something which is very apt to what we're talking about. In 2024, we're looking for a specific thing that you can become an expert in. Now, I'm gonna read a quote to you from this book. It's about the value of mentors. And that's really all an author of a book is. He or she is a mentor to you as you begin to learn and take on a new skill or focus. The quote says, it is always possible to practice on your own, but you will not receive enough focused feedback. You can often gain a self-directed apprenticeship in many fields, but this could take 10 years, maybe more. Mentors do not give you a shortcut, but they do streamline the process. They invariably had their own great mentors, giving them a richer and deeper knowledge of their field. Their ensuing years of experience taught them invaluable lessons and strategies for learning. Their knowledge and experience become yours. They can direct you away from unnecessary side paths or errors. And I love this because yes, you don't need mentors. Yes, you don't need books. However, if you decide to read and decide to work with mentors, you get to where you want to go much, much faster because it's a straighter path. If I wanted to learn brain health on my own, I could do that. I don't need to read books. I don't need to turn to specific people. I could just experiment on myself. It would take, like Robert Greene says, 10 years or more probably, but I would 
have to test different foods and how they work with my digestion and how it affects my sleep. And I would have to really keep a journal and know what's going on. And it would take quite a lot of intensive thought and research on myself to do this well and to get as far as I want to go with it. Or I could take the straightest path possible. I could find the best of the best who have already done all of that work and have packaged it in a nice little book for me. I could purchase those books and I could study them in the coming year. So that leads me to the next section of our show today, which is, and I think very exciting, the ability to choose your mentors on your topic of interest. So here's my criteria as you go, and this is my criteria for me, it doesn't need to be for you, but it has worked for me. I, I'm always looking for people who are meeting three different checkboxes. One, I would prefer that the person that is going to be my mentor is credentialed in some way, that they have a PhD or life experience that is proof in the pudding that they know what they're doing, right? So for example, if you want to learn how to start a business, if you can turn to somebody who has you know, launched and sold many multi-million dollar businesses, that person is credentialed. They might not have gone to college, but they're credentialed over somebody who has never started a business, but has read a couple business books, that person is not credentialed. The second thing I look for in somebody who is going to be my mentor is that they have done their research. So I, I really love to learn from people who are well-referenced. They have gone out and they can link to other sources, credible sources, and they value the process of good research. And this comes mainly from being married to my wife, who is herself a PhD, and I've watched her go through the research process of writing dissertations and presenting her work to committees and boards, and it is just an impressive thing to watch this woman work and think. Uh, she is truly one of my heroes. That being said, I want to learn from people like my wife, who take knowledge seriously and who want to spread quality knowledge versus simply opinion. And so I'm always looking for people who have that sort of depth of research as well. Now, the third credential that I find very important when I'm picking a mentor is I want them to be able to speak at my level, right? I am not a PhD. I did get my master's degree in business, but I don't have a PhD in brain health. I don't have a PhD in anything. I really want to be able to learn from the best of the best, but I don't want to try and decipher what the heck they're saying to me. It's much akin to going to a doctor who, you know, clearly is very good at what he or she does, but they're speaking at that doctor level and I have no idea what they're saying. Some doctors though are very aware and they bring that down to layman's terms and they speak to me as a human being and I'm able to walk away having improved my life. That's the kind of mentor I want for me. So as a recap, I want the person to be credentialed, I want the person to be well-researched, and I want the person to be able to communicate at my level. Those are my three criteria for a good mentor. Now, I really enjoy this part of setting goals each year. As I decide what topic I want to get more familiar with or become an expert at, I've done this for several years. This is how I learned to start a business. Uh, this is how I learned to start this whole podcast situation and the YouTube videos. Uh, it's how I've learned to try and be a better parent and so on. This year, again, is brain health because my brain is just scattered at the moment. 
But I love the process of picking my mentors. I just love the idea of, you know, kind of, it's like going to the goodie box and figuring out who you're going to learn from because there are so many talented and qualified people out there that meet the criteria we're looking for. So it's a bit of a challenge, right? Because you don't, at least for me, I struggle trying to learn from too many people because it's just too much to take in. I do much better if I can pick three or four mentors and really learn deeply from them. Now, this reminds me of a quote from Seneca, the Stoic philosopher who said in letter two to his friend Lucilius that we should spend more time with fewer books. And the idea here is that we should be very specific about what we're going to read, but that we should also spend, you know, a significant amount of time with those few authors and really learn from them. Seneca was a proponent of not um, just haphazardly reading and trying to read a thousand books, but instead really learn from the masters. That feels right to me. So who did I pick? Drum roll, please. I actually have four mentors this year I'm going to be learning from when it comes to my brain health, and I'm excited to share those with you today. You may or may not be on the same boat as I am. You might think, oh, that's an interesting topic. I could use better brain health. Uh, I need to you know, operate at my highest level of performance for my kids or for my job or for my business I'm going to start. So I'm gonna do what Eddie's doing. You might feel that way. And if you are, congratulations. I think brain health is a fantastic topic to get good at because our brains are somewhat important. But I want to encourage you that the four experts here that I'm going to be following over the course of the year, I would encourage you not to follow these people unless they're a good fit for you, right? And so I'm going to go through each of them and don't just take them for face value. Really ask yourself if this is the expert that you need to be learning from. But chances are you're probably on a different topic. You probably have nothing to do with brain health. Uh, and if that's the case, then this will just be a good example of how to pick your mentors or experts. So the first one on my list is actually kind of going against the grain here because he doesn't have a book out, not that I know of, I haven't seen anything, but he does have a lot of content on YouTube. He's got a fantastic podcast and he has a lot of research articles out there. His name is Andrew Huberman. And if you know anything about Dr. Huberman, he is a professor who is very well known in many circles of health and influence. And he's just really well put together when it comes to understanding brain health and the effects of dopamine and sleep and eating and exercise and everything else. So I'm gonna treat him as one of my experts, even though I don't have a quote unquote book of his to read from, but I do have much to learn in the way of all of his content. So he's a great fit for me. Now, the other three, I actually am holding their books in my hands. I'm excited to read these this year. And so let me go through these with you really quickly. I've chosen Lisa Moscone. She's a PhD and she's uh, this fascinating woman. She's the director of the Women's Brain Initiative and she's the associate director of the Alzheimer's Prevention Clinic and on and on and on. This woman is like brain expert extraordinaire. She's written a book called Brain Food, and the tagline is The Surprising Science of Eating for Cognitive Power. I love the topic, first of all, because I have a strong connection with food. I have noticed how my body feels very different depending on what I consume. You know, if I eat sugar, I wake up feeling like garbage the next morning. Um, caffeine has a specific impact on me. Uh, certain fatty foods have an impact on me, and I'm just really excited to learn the science behind these foods and how they're affecting my cognitive ability. 
So I'm choosing her because she's credentialed. She's got a PhD. If you look at the back of her book, there's almost more... <laughs> There's almost more referencing and research here than the book itself. She is just an incredible woman. And I'm choosing her because if you read the text in her book, it's written at a very easy to understand level. So I'm looking forward to learning from Lisa. The third mentor that I'm interested in this year is a gentleman named Daniel Lieberman. He's an MD and he has a co-author here, Michael Long. They wrote a book called The Molecule of More. I've heard tons about this book. This is really a book about dopamine and how the chemical dopamine is the driving force behind all of our behavior, really, and why we do what we do, the actions that we take, the motivations that we feel, and so on. And it's a huge part of my brain health and learning how to function well as often as possible. So these two have really written the book here on dopamine. Uh, I actually heard this uh, referenced from Andrew Huberman and a few other people I respect highly online as the book of books when it comes to understanding this crazy chemical. So I want to become a little bit more of a dopamine expert this year. I'm looking forward to this one. Last but not least is a different kind of expert. I feel like when you're choosing your mentors, you wanna have kind of a nice rounded out circle of people. Uh, you know, I've got somebody talking to me about food, I've got somebody talking to me about dopamine and chemicals and, and um, nice background in science here along with Dr. Huberman as well. The next one though is more of a mental health sort of situation aligned with business and just overall day-to-day -day living. And I chose this mentor because of how I think. This is a good custom personal fit for me and it's a great example of what I was talking about for you where you should not just take my mentors at face value and read them. You should make sure they're a good fit for who you are and how you behave. But I chose Greg McEwen, who wrote the book Essentialism. I've not read this book yet, but I've heard lots of good stuff about it. Essentialism is the idea of trying to do more with less. It's not necessarily like a minimalist thing. It's more like, hey, you're taking on way too much. You're thinking about way too many things, and you're not really doing the best work that you can. Let's pare that down to only the stuff that matters in life, the stuff that really moves your life forward, Let's focus on those and let's do them really well. This is a book for me and a mentor for me because I always take on more than I should. We're moving into the third part of the show now, and I think this is something that really makes learning more enjoyable and interesting. And I want to encourage you to start a commonplace book for your topic this year. Commonplace book is nothing more than a journal dedicated to capturing your ideas. And I like a dedicated commonplace books. So for me, for example, I have in my hands a brand new moleskin notebook. And on the first page, on the title page there, I have written brain health. And the entire book is going to be dedicated to all of the things I learn and study over the course of the year related to brain health. This commonplace book should go with you each and every day as you pursue your interest and you read your books. Always have it with you if you can so that you can capture ideas in the moment and really stay inspired about it. I think one of the things that really make reading journals sort of complicated is they wander, right? They're, they're, they're just an amalgamation of lots of different thoughts or ideas. So having this book dedicated to your topic this year makes it feel a little more compact and impactful. 
Now, many of you might be wondering, hey, aren't you the guy that is coding Highlightish, that online tool that is supposed to help us make book notes? Why are you doing paper journals if you've got this digital note-taking thing? And I hear that, and I think there's actually value in both. So I love having paper journals at all times because there's a real direct connection by capturing information with my hand on pen and paper that it encodes it to my brain. But I also love to take that information and transfer the best of the best to Highlightish so that I can have that to do research and it's a database that I can search and all of that other stuff as I write my essays and blog posts and whatever else. So it's perfectly fine to use both and I do the same. Now, the last thing I wanna talk about today in terms of setting your goals for 2024 is in last week's show, uh, again, I mentioned that systems, your reading systems are more important than your reading goals because you can set a goal to read so many pages or books or whatever, but if your reading systems don't support that, you're never gonna get it done, right? You're just, you're gonna fall apart. And one of the systems I pointed out is that every morning I like to read at 6.30 a.m. for 30 minutes. This really works for me because it's the first thing in the morning. It's just a habit now. I look forward to it and nothing has gotten in my way yet. I'm not sort of consumed by email or thoughts or stress. I'm just reading my books. And so if you can set up a set time every day where you're going to learn about your topic of interest for 2024, it's going to get done. If you don't do this, if you don't set up a set time, uh, life is just going to get in the way and you're going to skip a couple days and then after you know a while, a couple months will have passed and you won't have done anything to improve, in my case, your brain health. Hey, if you found this show interesting or helpful, I would appreciate it if you could take just a minute to go to Apple Podcasts and give me a rating. Let me know how I'm doing. This is a brand new show. Uh, we're only, you know, 20 plus shows in. I'm hoping to take this to thousands of shows and to always bring the importance of reading to the Readwell community. I want to remind you that those books out there on your bookshelf are important and will make life better. Uh, but in order to do that, the, the show could really use as much support as possible. And the best thing you could do is just to give me a rating. Let me know how I'm doing and give me some feedback if I can do anything to make it better. Also, if you would like to interface on a deeper level with me and the community, feel free to go to thereadwellpodcast.com and you can subscribe to my focus letter. I don't call it a newsletter because I can't stand newsletters. To me, a newsletter is a place where there's just like an amalgamation of ads and, uh, you know, just random stuff. My job, if I'm going to send you a message each week in your email inbox, is that I need to make sure that I'm focused and that I keep you focused on the most important thing here, which is to read great books. All right. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Eddie Hood, and I can't wait to see you next week. Have a great day and happy reading. If you'd like to take your reading to the next level, then head on over to our website at thereadwellpodcast.com. There you can get access to my weekly newsletter as well as up-to-date show information. Also, don't forget that I learned software development on the side just so that I could build a program to help us make better book notes as we read. If you're interested, go to highlightish.com. Think of highlighting a book, but add ish, I-S-H, at the end. Highlightish.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you on the next show.